I have a lot of scriptures that we're going to go over tonight. What I want to do tonight is use the word of God to exhort you in what you have. So you may know, I know you know this information. I'm not necessarily going to be revealing anything new to you, but I want to build you up and strengthen you. That's what exhorting you does. It builds you up in information, in the word, in what you know. And I want to be an encouragement to you. Basically, what I want to let you know tonight is that you are qualified. God has qualified you. He has set you in this place. He has equipped you for a purpose and for a plan. And you are now equipped. You are ready. You are finished. You know enough. You know enough right now to go and do what he called you to do. Whether it's here or it's somewhere else or it's both. Here and somewhere else. You've got all that you need on the inside of you. 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And if you look at it up above that, it talks about that you've overcome, have overcome. You have overcome. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Why have you overcome? How have you overcome? You've overcome because greater is he that is in you. You have the power of God dwelling on the inside of you. Yes, I know you know that, but that's got to be revelation to you so that you live in that, in that knowledge. And that knowledge is made real to you. So greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. There's a couple areas I want to go over tonight. I want to talk about some of the things that you have, that God has already given to you, that God has equipped you with. So that you are encouraged and strengthened in what he's already done for you. You have access to all that you need through him. And we'll look at that. You have access to all that you need through him. You have his promises. You've got his word. You have faith. You've been given a measure of faith and you've got enough to do what you're called to do. You have faith. And you have faith in his word. His word is a foundation to your faith. You also have love. And in that perfect love, all fear is cast out. And then the last area and the area where we're probably going to spend the most time is that you have authority in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's where we're going to spend some extra amount of time tonight. So let me go over those points again. You have the greater one. You have access to all things. You have his promises. You've got his word. You have faith, you have love, and you have authority in the name of Jesus. You are equipped. You are equipped. God has equipped you. God has used, yes, men and women to help you, but it's the Holy Spirit that's equipped you. And it's you that have stirred yourselves up. It's you that have been diligent to study the word of God, to prove yourselves as doers of the word, not just hearers only. But this is what you have done by being here over these last either year or two years. You've been diligent. You've disciplined yourselves. And at times, probably it did seem sorrowful and not joyful. And yet afterwards, to those that have been trained by it, it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness. This is what you have done. You have yielded the fruit of righteousness in your lives because you have disciplined yourselves for the purpose of godliness. And I believe that you have grown leaps and bounds. I know from the first time I met with you all and I asked you to pray and you all kind of sat there quietly. And I thought, oh boy, we've got a ways to go. Not that one needs to be loud, but one needs to speak. 
And then this last week when we prayed together, I thought to myself, praise God, they've got it, they're ready. You're equipped. You know how to pray. You know how to exercise your authority. You know what to do. And you all can move mountains with your prayer, with your faith, with what you say. You've got it. You know it. And you already had love before any of you came in here. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. You've got love. You've got faith. You've got a greater understanding of the word of God. I believe now you've got a greater measure of faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you've increased. So these are some of the things that you have that God has already put into you. But let's go ahead and look at this. And I'm just going to bring some of these things to your remembrance. Romans 8, 31. Actually, it's 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? I want you to remember that scripture. When you're out on the mission field and you've got a need, I want you to remember that if your father God was willing to sacrifice Jesus Christ for you, he will not withhold anything else that you need. If he was willing to give up his son for you, yes, you better believe you'll find your passport. Okay, if you better believe those traveler's checks are going to be returned to you. When you have a need, you better believe that somebody's going to walk up to you and hand you the fare for that train you're going to take or that bus you're going to take. Your God who delivered up Jesus to save your soul from hell will surely not withhold anything else from you. And you remember that. You remember that. You'll find that passport. You'll find it. You'll find it. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You will find it because he gave up Jesus for you. And so all these other things are little and minor in comparison. And if he gave up Jesus, he'll do anything for you. He'll do anything for you. You have his promises. For as many as may be the promises of God, in him they are yes. Wherefore also by him is our amen. I think King James puts it this way. They are yes and amen. That's uh, 2 Corinthians 1.20. His promises are yes and amen. What does that mean? It means when he gives you a promise, he keeps his promise. He says yes to his promise. When he makes a promise, he keeps it. He's a good dad, a good father. If he's promised you something, he will keep it. Whether he spoke out that promise to you or that's a promise that's written in his word. He will keep that promise to you. You've got his word, and how sure is his word? In 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, The grass withers, the flowers fall off, but the word of our God abides forever. And actually, it even talks about how the flesh fades. The flesh fades, the grass withers, the flowers fall off, that these things are nothing. They're fading, they're temporal, they're passing away. Flesh is temporal. But the word of our God stands forever. It means you can count on his word. When you can count on his promise, you can count on his word. It abides forever. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of a letter of the law to fail. Luke 16, 17. It is easier, I'm going to say it again, for heaven and earth to pass away. Think about this. Than for one letter of the law to fail. Is his word something true that you can count on? Yes, absolutely. You can count on his word. His word is his promise to you. 
And that means in every area. It means that if he delights in the prosperity of his servant, is that that is a pros- promise to you. That means if you're his servant, which you are, he delights in prospering you. It's not a hardship for him to get money to you. It delights him to prosper you. It's a delight. Your father is delighted to prosper you. It delights his heart to bless you financially because he's a good father. He's a good father. And surely if Jesus Christ took stripes on his back for your healing, it is God's will for you to receive the benefits of that which his son bought for you. Not to go without, not to bear what Jesus Christ already bore, but for you to be able to partake of that promise also. That is a promise for you. These promises are yes and amen. Yes and amen to you. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen to healing. Yes and amen to prosperity. Yes. His word is a foundation for your faith. And you have faith. You've all been given a measure. And that measure has grown because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We know you've grown in faith because we know you've heard the word over and over, over and over and over and over. Praise God for the word of God. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you that you left your word for us that we can hear it. So you have a firm foundation. Your foundation is the word and you've heard the word and your faith has grown. And you have love. How do I know you have love? Because Romans 5, 5 says that the love of God has been shed abroad in your hearts. That love has been poured out in you. And also, and I want you to turn to this with me. John 15, 13. And it talks about a greater love. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And we know that he laid down his life for you, that you could believe in him. So he has called you friend. And in great love, he laid down his life for you. So he has a great love for you, a great love for you. How pleased he must be that you were willing to set aside a year, and some of you two years, some of you intending two years, to seek after his word, to seek after him, to study the word, to be diligent, to discipline yourselves, willing to give up nights, willing to give up weekends, willing to give up sometimes time with family, recreation time, so that you get to know him better, so that you could increase in your knowledge of him and develop a stronger relationship with him by growing in your knowledge of the word. How pleased he must be with you. How pleased, how pleased to give him the time you've given him. And some of you were called from the time that you were little. He called you and it's just now coming to pass. But he never forgot you. He never forgot about you. He never forgot about you. Some of you went different ways, but he never forgot about you and no one, no one snatched you out of his hand. And he said, I've got my hand on you and I had my hand on you from the beginning. I know you by name and I called you by name and you are mine, saith the Lord. You are mine and you will fulfill the plan of God. And don't look back and the time's not short. No, you've not lost time, but you'll go forward. You'll go forward. You'll go forward and you'll do all that you were called to do because it was for this time that you were called to do it. And you will do all that you were called to do. And the time is right and the time is now. And you will do all that you were called to do. You will do all that you were called to do. The time is right and the time is now. So don't look to your past or how much time you wasted doing this or that. 
even if it was a negative thing, for I remember them no more, but I called you. I called you, and I love you with an everlasting love, and the time is now, and the time is now, and the time is now. So sit back now that you've studied, and rest and relax, and watch the hand of the Lord move on your behalf, for I will move, and I will bring in finances, saith the Lord, so that you will be freed up to serve me in a greater measure. You will watch me move on your behalf, and I will. Oh, I will. I will. I will. I will. I will, I will, I will bring in finances for you because I know your desire is to serve me. I will, I will, I will, I will, says the Lord. Bring in finances so that you are freed up to serve me. Praise God. Thank you, Father. 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 Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I thank you that you loved us and that you've provided for us. Thank you for your goodness. Fear has no place in you. When I say that you have love, I can also in the same breath say fear has no place in you. You are to fear not from this point forward. Fear not. Fear not. And how, how is it that you know you can fear not? He speaks to his disciples over and over and sometimes through angels speaking to his disciples over and over saying, fear not, fear not. Why? And we know in the word it says perfect love casts out all fear. That perfect love has been poured out into your hearts. Therefore, you are to fear not. Fear not. We know in Romans 8, 37, it says that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Nothing. No demons, no principalities, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. That gives you safety and security, knowing that no matter what you do, where you go, what you say, you will never be separated from the love of God. You can stand before kings and before authorities in full confidence, knowing that no matter what they say or do, nothing will separate you from the love of God. No man... No man, no man can take you out of God's hand. No man can separate you from the love of God. Now, when we look at these things, this is what we know. We know that you have the greater one on the inside of you. You've got the greater one's promises, his word. You've got love. You've got faith. You've been equipped. And you've got authority in the name of Jesus. Now that's an area I want us to spend some time on tonight. So let's go ahead and I want you to turn to Luke 4.36. We're going to flip to some of these. First we're going to look at some of the authority that Jesus walked in because he modeled for us. And he delegated authority. So let's go ahead and look at exactly what kind of authority did he delegate. Luke 4.36. When Jesus went to cast out an unclean spirit. First he rebuked it. I'm going to go up to verse 35. He rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. So there's a model for us. We don't need to listen to a lot or let the devil speak, but we tell the enemy, you be quiet and you come out. And that's a model for deliverance. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him without doing him any harm. And amazement came upon them all, and they began discussing with one another, saying, What is this message? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. This is what I want you to see. With authority and power he commands the unclean spirits. Jesus walked in authority. 
Jesus exercised authority over unclean spirits. He exercised that authority. That's the authority that Jesus walked in. That's the authority that God delegated to Jesus when Jesus was on this earth. Jesus walked in that authority. We know, because we've studied this, that he had the power to heal all sickness and all disease. And here, he's got authority and power over unclean spirits. Now, let's go ahead and look at Matthew 16, 19. It's good for you to mark these up in your Bible so you know where they are. And this is Jesus speaking. And it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's given to you. Because Jesus was speaking to one of his disciples there. And that is to you. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. You can bind spirits from working against you in their operation. And you can loose them and command them to leave someone. You've been given that authority. Jesus delegated that authority. Now... Let's go ahead and look at Jesus sending out the first 12 disciples. And that's in a couple different places. First, let's look in Luke. That's chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. And he called the 12 together and gave them. Listen, I want you to listen to this as though this is being given to you, okay? Because we see this modeled, that Jesus gave out this authority to the disciples. And you are disciples. You are the disciples of the living God. And he delegated his power and his authority first out to the 12. Then he delegated it out to the 70. And then he commissioned all believers. So we see this three times in the scripture. And first he gives it to the 12. And he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal all diseases. This means the power that was given to Jesus, Jesus delegated to the church. This means the power that was given to Jesus, Jesus delegated to you. This is modeled to you. This means that Jesus has given you all authority over demons and to heal diseases. He gave you authority over demons. He gave you authority to heal diseases. Listen, he gave you authority to heal diseases. Notice it doesn't say he gave you authority to pray to him and ask him to do it. Very important distinction there. Do you see that? Notice it says that he gave you authority over unclean spirits or over demons. He gave you authority. He did not give you authority to pray to him and ask him to do it. If you ask him to do something that he's already done, it's not going to be effective. It's like asking God to send Jesus to the earth to die for your sins. No, that was already done and it's only going to be done once and it already has occurred. He gave you authority over demons. That means you don't pray, oh God, please cast this evil spirit out of this person. It means you command it to leave in Jesus' name. It means if you don't like the atmosphere in your house, something just doesn't seem right to you, there's just a knowing going on in your spirit, you command it out. And it shouldn't have been there in the first place. It's trespassing anyway. So you just draw the line in the sand. You declare where your boundary line is. This is my territory, my property. You don't have a legal right to be in my house or on my property. You've got a right to the possessions that God's given you, materially, financially, and your body, and your family. 
You have a right to those. Now, if you don't exercise your right, your right is not exercised. Do you understand? In other words, if the devil can run you over and you allow it, he will try it. You have got to stand up and you've got to, dis- you've got to tell him you know what the word says. And he may want to test and see, does she really believe that? When she tells me to go, does she really believe that I have to? Linger, linger, linger. Yes, I really believe it. Yes. Get out in Jesus' name. You have got to exercise the God-given authority that you have been given. You have been given authority. Now, we don't glory that we've got authority over demons. We glory and praise God that our name is written in the book of life. But we have got to exercise that authority. That is ours to exercise. If you want peace in your house, if you want peace in your mind, you exercise your God-given right to have that. Again, I want you to get this. It does not say that you are to pray to God and ask God to cast the demons out. It does not say you are to pray to God. Look, it took me a while to get this because there were times where I just wasn't sure. And I graduated from Bible school too. Am I supposed to ask God to heal this person or do I heal it? And yet if you study out the word of God, it says they said. Peter said, such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise and walk. Such as I have? So he must have had something. What did he have? He had the delegated authority. The delegated authority to speak in the name of Jesus. You are the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ on this earth. What you allow will be allowed. What you resist will be resisted. What you cast out will be cast out. What you heal will be healed. Now that's the twelve. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. He sent them out. To proclaim. He sent them out to perform healing. Now, the way that he sent them out is a little different from the way we go now. In those days, it was a little more common to just go stay in somebody's house. We may go a little different now. Don't recommend that you go with nothing unless you're positive God's leading you that way. Okay? Nowadays, it's smart to have enough money that you need to get there and get back and take care of yourself while you're there. And we live in just a different day and age than they did then. It was a lot safer to travel back then than it is now. So now let's go to the 70. Luke 10. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them to Antu, ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. He sent them out as forerunners. He sent them out two by two. Two by two is a good way to go. There's more power in numbers. And it is a good way to go. And this is a good model for us to go in teams. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, this is important for us to know. Go your ways. Behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And then there's another place in scripture where he recommends that we are to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. We're to be wise and we're to be innocent. Verse 9, and heal those in it who are sick. He's sending them into a city. Heal those in it who are sick. He doesn't say, pray to me that I will do it. He says, heal those that are sick. Everybody lift up your hands. Say, these are healing hands. hands. I've been anointed by God to lay hands on the sick. And they recover. Because the word of God says so. I have healing hands. 
I use my hands to the glory of God. When I lay hands on demon possessed, the demons leave in the name of Jesus. When I walk into a place, the atmosphere changes because I carry the greater one. And when I walk in, the power of God walks in with me. I'm an atmosphere changer. I'm a healer in the name of Jesus. Okay, there's the 70 sent out. Now, verse 17, we're still in chapter 10. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over a little bit of the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. And nothing shall injure you. He has given you all the power you need over the enemy. That means he gave you power over the spirit of oppression, over the spirit of depression, over the spirit of apathy, over infirmity, over disease. You have power over those things. Then nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but they are, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. And we do rejoice in that, that our names are recorded in heaven. When Jesus gave you authority, it was because he knew you would need it on this earth. What he did on this earth, he did to equip you. He came here not just so that you could be saved, but he came here so that you could be saved, sozo type saved. That means saved and healed. That means healed and free. That means free and walking in authority. You walk in authority. When he came here, he came to triumph over the enemy so that your walk on this earth would be easier than those that lived before him. What you have and what you walk in, walking in the age of grace, is easier and better than those that came before Jesus had it. So the expectation of what you're going to do in these last days is greater because you've been given greater. You've been given greater authority over the enemy. You've been given greater authority. And you're called to walk in it, to bring the nations in, to tell the people about Jesus Christ, to set them free, to watch the blind healed. That's what you're called to do. Set the captives free. Now let's go to commissioning all. Mark chapter 16. We're going to look at two scriptures and then we'll conclude. Mark chapter 16 verses 15 through 20. This is to you. You ready? I want you to just imagine that Jesus Christ himself is saying this to you. You go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then, 
When the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, where he still lives making intercession for you. Verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. I heard Brother Hagin one time praying, going back to the Lord, saying, Lord, I'm not having as many signs in my teachings and in my messages as I used to have what's going on. And she sought the Lord. The Lord said, increase the amount of the word of God that's in your messages. And then the signs will come. And so it's important. That's just something you need to check on when you're ministering to somebody. If you want signs to follow, preach the word and increase the amount of the word. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. Now, Jesus, right before he was taken up, came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What I want you to get out of this today is that you've got all that you need. He has equipped you. You've got the greater one dwelling on the inside of you. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit as a pledge, like a down payment for what's to come. You've got the word of God in you. You've got his promises. His promises are sure. They're true. They're yes and amen. Heaven and earth will pass away. It's easier for that to happen than it is for one letter of the law to pass away. His word is sure. You can count on his word. When he says he delights in the prosperity of his servant, that is a sure statement. It is a true statement. And that statement, that promise is true for you. That is true for you. He wants you to know that. Not just know that, but get the revelation of it so that you live in the fulfillment of that. So that that's so strong in your spirit that it's manifested in your life so that you've got the fruit from it because there's a difference between head knowledge and spirit knowledge. You got to get it until it's spirit knowledge. You got to get it to go from the head into the heart. And when it hits the heart is when you begin to see a greater manifestation of the fruit manifested in your life of it, which is why we go into confession, which is why we confess and we say these scriptures over and over, which is why we want you to memorize the word so that you're just not dependent on always having that word with you. But that word is is life in you. It's alive in you. It's doing its work in your spirit because you've got it in your spirit, not just in the Bible, not just in a book, but it's in you. You want the word in you. You've got faith. You've got love. And you've got authority in the name of Jesus Christ. You are equipped. You are equipped to be a blessing in this church. You are equipped to be a blessing in your family. You are equipped to pray in the rest of your family members. You are equipped to walk in love even when somebody slanders your name. You are equipped to walk in love even when somebody complains to you. When somebody badmouths you. You've got the faith to move mountains because the word of God says so. You have faith to move mountains. You believe before you see because you've been trained to do that. You walk by faith, not by sight. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you leave this place, you know you've got the greater one in you. You can minister life to people because life has been imparted to you. You can minister truth. 
You can minister strength. You can minister love because God has ministered those things to you. You are equipped. You're equipped to be a blessing here. You're equipped to be a blessing everywhere that God leads your foot, everywhere your soul treads. You've got authority because he's given it to you. And you have a wonderful, loving, heavenly father that will see you through because it is God that is at work in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And he who started a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. Amen.